Welcome to the I Love Seville Show, guys. My name is Jerry Miller. It's a Thursday afternoon in Charlottesville, Virginia. We're in downtown Charlottesville in the Macklin Building. Thank you kindly for joining us. Just a few days removed from one of my, frankly, my favorite holiday, Christmas. Second to last show of 2024 for the I Love Seville Show. We're on air tomorrow. Real Talk with Keith Smith on air tomorrow as well. The scuttlebutt around the North Pole has... Chris Kringle, Buddy the Elf, and Frosty the Snowman replacing Keith, yours truly, and the jack of all trades on Real Talk with Keith Smith in the morning. However, Judah's going to flex his muscles and bully Frosty the Snowman, Chris Kringle, and Buddy the Elf offset so we can conclude the year, Judah and I, on the I Love Seville show tomorrow. A lot we want to cover on the program with only two. Um, episodes of the I Love Seville show left in 2023. I'm going to weave the jack-of-all-trades, the metronome of the talk show, a man who is openly, ready, readily admitting to our fine and fair talk show viewership and listenership. What was the saying you led with there, Judah? Uh, why, why do today what you can put off until tomorrow? Uh, such, I would say, one of the most frustrating things and this uh, work dynamic is that right there, at least from my side of the coin. Judah has many, 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 many reasons to be frustrated with me. I have much less and very few reasons to be frustrated with you. I sincerely mean that. I know I'm difficult, high-strung, have high and unreasonable expectations want to move at the speed of lightning and everything that we do, um, expect results, even if it's the first time we're doing something, I understand. It has to be done now. It has to be done now. My mindset of it has to be done now versus your mindset of what was it again? Uh, you want the whole thing? <laughs> Please. <laughs> why, Please. Why, why do today what you can put off until tomorrow? Some eventually, don't need to be done. Why do today <laughs> what you can put off until tomorrow? Judah's mindset. The antithesis of small business and entrepreneurship moving forward in the right direction. Procrastination is opportunity's natural assassin. That's one saying I'm seeing online. Procrastination is the art of keeping up with yesterday and avoiding today. It's another I'm seeing online. Procrastination has been called a thief, a thief of time. Often greater risk is involved in postponement than in making a wrong decision. I 1,000% agree with that. I'm going to reiterate that one right there. Often greater risk is involved in postponement than in making the wrong decision. I would rather fail and do it wrong than not do it at all. That's not, an, that's not a quantifiable uh, statement, though. How, what do you mean? The statement is often. Oh, Jesus. That's, what's the words? You're, you're nitpicking. No, I'm being honest. It, yeah, it may be true, but that doesn't mean that you can't have just as many problems making a decision that turns out to be the wrong one than in waiting to find out more information. And putting off what one has to do, one runs the risk of never being able to do it. You know one of the, thing, one of the qualities that I least like in humans? Paralysis of analysis. Paralysis of analysis, I hate that quality. 
You know another quality I, I, I really dislike? Perfection. The art or the pursuit of perfection. Perfection is the enemy of productivity and profitability. We move. We try it. We figure it out. If we fail, we get up. We do it again. What we will never do is nothing. You and I, I've said on this program, from a professional standpoint, complement each other very, very well. Once the 45 hours, 50 hours of work is, is, is done for the week, I think you enjoy time without hearing from me. I enjoy time from not hearing from you, right? But for 50 hours of work, a work every week, for roughly 13 years, the team led by us, have, how would you characterize, um, persevered? Muddled through? <laughs> this is how we answer this question, I think would be a microcosm of our personalities as well. <laughs> I say, what's up, Brian? I say persevered, you say? I said muddled through. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I say um, uh, pushed forward, you say? Uh, Logged. <laughs> I said overcome adversary. Adversity. You say. Uh, tried to avoid creating too much adversity. I said had boatloads of success. You said. I mean, do you really want me to? I just. I think counter. Uh, I mean, you were going to do it naturally. I don't You're very much the devil's advocate. You're the. Uh, how do you call it? What do you call it? The contrarian. Sometimes. You are the contrarian. Often. Often is quantifiable. But. That's what you just said. But, but having a different opinion isn't always contrarian. Oh, fair. And having a different opinion when you're a small team is welcomed and appreciated. And certainly in a talk show setting like this. Yeah. So props to you. Not, not throwing shade. Props to you. Um, the procrastination is a perfect segue into perhaps a topic du jour on Charlottesville. Charlottesville spent seven years on a zoning code. Yeah. Charlottesville procrastination, Belmont Bridge. The Belmont Bridge project has legitimately been in the works since I got here in 2020. 23 years, the Belmont Bridge. You mean 2002? Oh, uh, two th- you're right. Thank you. 2000. I've been here 23 years. Since 2000. Th- gosh, it's so long. It's I'm, so long. I remember the, uh, the far side of the bridge has been blocked off for years and years. It just had, you know, metal, metal up so people couldn't walk on that side. It was the oddest thing. I always wondered what, the, what they were, like, is it crumbling? Is somebody going to, like, fall off the edge or something? Viewers and listeners, what else has Charlottesville procrastinated on? Belmont Bridge. Zoning code. Procrastination on diversity of political thought. I'm not even sure that would be procrastination. I think that would be choice. Procrastination on... Where else do you want to go with this? Everything. I mean... Everything. Wow. Not, not everything, but seriously, like... Anyone trying to build something in Charlottesville gets, uh, gets the city's classic procrastination. And that's what ran my, my dad 
my dad's company out of business. That's what, have you told uh, that story on the I Love Seville show? I think you've mentioned it on Real Talk with Keith Smith. It's worth it's worth a snapshot, I believe. Yeah, I mean, I don't not, have not one of those long ones, Judah. Oh, I don't have all the details. Okay. There's not a lot of long to tell. It's basically uh, my dad and his partner had a had a uh, construction home building company, and they basically went out of business because the uh, I think it's the planning commission wouldn't release their bonds. And they finally just decided they. I don't think pack it's it the in. planning commission. What's that? I don't think it's the planning commission. You could just say uh, Charlottesville City Hall. I think I may have it, a note somewhere. Um, but anyways, yeah. So they they shut the business down. And who else have we had um, have issues with? I mean, we've got the um, we've got the the eyesore on the, the downtown mall. I don't know if that's necessarily due to procrastination. The eye store? Oh. Oh, the, the Dewberry. Yeah. I'd say Dewberry is... I wouldn't call it procrastination. I would call it a negotiation tactic. Yeah. I mean, it's the city can't do anything about it. They can't eminent domain the Dewberry Hotel. And Johnny Dewberry, the extorting emperor of empty lots, the Waynesboro uh, native... The former quarterback of the rambling wreck from Georgia Tech, a man now based out of Georgia, his strategy is to leave his plots of land in the, the cusp of blight, on the brink of blight, but pays his taxes and hopes he gets a tax incentivized package thrown his way to make momentum with what he owns in various jurisdictions. Some would say it's clever. Others would say it's crappy. He doesn't yeah. live here. He doesn't care. Right. What does he care if the I Love Seville talk show host talks about him in this manner? He doesn't care. Yeah. In fact, some folks probably welcome it and embrace it and use it to fuel their fire. What are you looking for? You're looking for what happened to your dad's business? Yeah, I made a note, I think, of uh, who it was. Uh, what You've the, highlighted in the past. He partnered with, I, I, I remember, if I'm able to uh, offer what I remember, can I? Do I have your approval? Sure. He partnered with Bo Dickerson, mm-hmm. a developer. They look to develop in the city of Charlottesville. They ran into resistance and friction with City Hall. And they had bonds that were not released. Which is, I mean, you know, you know how a business is run. You owe people money. Uh, when you're when you're a builder, you builder uh, developer, not just a builder, builder developer. Yeah, the city has your money, and they're supposed to release it in a timely manner so that you can pay the things that you need to pay. And if they don't, then your money stays locked up, and you're essentially left out in the cold. What do you do if you don't have any money? What Let do you us do know. If, what if you do if you can't pay your uh, your creditors or you know? What if you do? If you, what do you do if you can't pay for wood? You close down. Nails. Yeah. You close down. Let us know when you have that that uh, lower third, or mm-hmm. when, when you have that message that you can relay on air. And if you can put on uh, on screen the predictions for 2024 in the Charlottesville area lower third. Charlottesville neighborhood development. Well, you have what you want to read. Charlottesville Charlottesville neighborhood development, I believe, is the the. Uh, so NDS. They are, the, they are in charge of releasing bonds. Okay, so what happened? They didn't release bonds. So they closed her down? Yeah. They kept 
going and petitioning to have bonds released so that they could pay their their bills and it just didn't happen ginger who watching on twitter she says jerry wants it done yesterday judah is waiting until tomorrow and charlesville sure moves quickly enough when they want a monument gone Ginny uh, Hu, if you can put her photo on screen, one of the key contributors of the family. We got the rankings that we love to highlight. Ginny Hu, who's come on the program in the past, and more of you will be welcome and invited on the program in 2024, is number four in the power rankings. Bill McChesney watching the program. Bill McChesney, another key contributor. McChesney is 15 in the power rankings. He said, I thought you were taking off today. We took off yesterday. I had a business meeting over lunch yesterday at Monsoon. I had the drunken noodles with beef, spice medium. And I'm going to tell you right now, Monsoon is sensational. A fantastic dining experience if you like Thai food. Monsoon on Market Street, locally owned, just fantastic food. Um, we are in the saddle today and tomorrow. We're off all next week for the viewers and listeners. He highlights the Dewberry is the definition of procrastination. Dewberry is a perfect example of procrastination. John Blair watching on LinkedIn. John Blair's number two in the family. We get John Blair's photo on screen. I'd say this is my favorite photo of anyone in the power rankings. Scott Aaronworth is watching the program. I believe Scott is somewhere in, is it Mexico? Scott, you're watching the program in? In Mexico, on vacation, I believe you are. Nice. Why are you, as you rotate the lower third, to bullish in 2024 for the Charlottesville area? For those that are not uh, of the finance lexicon, I don't think bullish is finance lexicon. I think that's fairly common vocabulary. But bullish, why we're positive for 2024 in the Charlottesville area. We'll also give the other side. Not just glasses half full. We'll start with glasses half full because while I do think Judah is a bit of a contrarian, I, I truly believe he is a positive, outlooked individual. So you certainly know I am. So we'll start with the positive side of things. Why are you positive for this community in 2024? I think we've started some things. I mean, the uh, we mentioned the bridge earlier. The bridge l- might be getting finished sometime in the near future. I don't know. Uh, Maybe I'm completely wrong and they'll uh, keep working on it for the next two or three years. But, uh, but aside from that, I, you know, there's, I don't know. I see, I see some moves being made. Uh, We've got the, the verve coming. We've got, gosh, you can't believe you use the verve as a positive, but go ahead. I mean, we need housing. Um, and so uh, I'm, I'm just happy that, uh, that moves are being made, whether you like them or not. Um, I think that that's a good thing, and um, Charlottesville needs to make some moves. Uh, you know, we've got some clear issues uh, from, you know, the price of housing to uh, just, you know, we've talked about the need for a change in infrastructure, um, and I think as long as we keep moving forward, uh, we're in a decent place. Mm. Mm. Maybe the same reasons you're positive I can use as some of the same reasons I'm potentially bearish. Yeah. 
You bring all this housing online, and I'm all for housing. I don't want anyone to paint me as a NIMBY. But where's the infrastructure to support it? We've got to move on that, and hopefully we'll start doing that. Don't you, you normally can't... put the infrastructure before the housing and not the housing before the infrastructure? Are you, are you pro-procrastination right Infrastructure is not pro-procrastination. It's still getting work done. No, but you're saying... Improve the roads, improve the school bus transportation, the bike lanes, the pedestrian lanes. Let's get the police department full. Let's get get the fire department full. Let's get the EMTs full. I get it, and I'm with you there, but you're you're basically saying we shouldn't... Yes, you are basically saying I don't want to see new housing until we fix fix the, uh, the infrastructure problem. If you do the infrastructure, that's not procrastination. That's still executing and performing. I you're agree. improving the roads. You're improving the water. You're improving the police, the fire, the rescue, the bicycle, the pedestrian. You're alleviating traffic throttle and congestion. You're going to put. Dis- I don't disagree. You're going to put that. thousands of people next to Foods of All Nations and Moe's on Ivy Road at the same time. St. Anne's Belfield Academy has start to school and end to school. And the same time that rush hour is happening and traffic is already snarled there. You think that's going to work out well? Well, then let's start working on that infrastructure. That's my point. That's not procrastination. That's performance. Okay. I, I mean, I have no, I have no, I don't fault you for that. I agree. Let's, let's get to work on the infrastructure so that when those new buildings eventually go up and... We both know it's not going to be uh, it's not going to be next year or probably even the year after. Kevin Yancey watching the program. Let's get his photo on there, screen. There's time to get the infrastructure in place for those, isn't there? Kevin Yancey's number eleven in the power polls. He said we could have saved millions just by making it a railroad crossing. I've highlighted on the program the pipe dream, the romantic vision, the romantic notion of a gondola system in central Virginia. I realize that is um, not as close to reality as potentially improving public transit, public transport, transit transportation. Uh, public transit right now is, I'm not trying to throw shade. I'm being realistic. Have Mac- you used it? What's that? Have you used it? Have you used it? No. I have used it. You okay. know what? We should take the I Love Seville show on the road. Judah and Jerry take cat from market street to pan tops to barracks road to the corner and back to the studio obviously we're not going to have this ridiculously awesome <laughs> studio we're going to have to facebook live with the tripod in hand and us getting on the bus be like this this is jerry and judah we're on market street we're getting on the bus judah how you feel right now and what you would feel Oh my gosh, they have a ramp that's going to get us on the bus over here. And you can put your bicycles in front of the bus. This is pretty spacious. When's the last time you've been on a bus? Uh, It's been probably decades. See, you're about to throw shade at me about public transportation. And I've ridden it faster and more often than you have. More recently than you have. No, I wasn't giving you shade. When's the last time you've been on the trolley? Have you ever been on a bus in Los Angeles? I live in Charlottesville. I know. 
asking me if I've been on a bus in Los Angeles. How's that pertinent to this conversation? Sorry. I have not. (laughs) (laughs) I have not been on a bus in Los Angeles. Do you have a story to tell us about being on a bus in Los Angeles? Uh, No. Not right now. Uh, Jim Hinchley watching the program. He says, I'm very positive about the combined general district courts project where construction is well underway. Unlikely to be finished in 2024, but early 2025 is a good target date. The project says a lot that is positive about city-county cooperation for the good of the public and the court users. I echo that. That's good to hear. I echo that, Jim Hingley. I am, a, and I am and have been a huge proponent of keeping the courts downtown. I am and have been a huge proponent of keeping Almaro and Charlottesville court systems next to each other. Because folks get confused. Yeah. And when someone goes to one court and the other court for Almore County or Charlottesville is located miles, if not 10, 15, 20 minutes away, they're going to miss an appearance. I mean, people already get confused. People get the... confused in their next door. Yeah. Imagine if one was in the county and one was in the city. Right. Imagine if you're going to a serious, serious court case and you go to the wrong one. Bingo. Take it a step further. Take it a step further. Imagine if you're an attorney and you're representing clients on the same day in Almoral Court and in Charlottesville Court, because that happens. That happens. You see Scotty Goodman representing people in Charlottesville City. He's a defense attorney. Scott Goodman, a legend and the defense attorney world, attorney world in general. He does Charlottesville cases and county cases all the time. I also think it would have been moving the courts from Charlottesville City, Albemarle, out of here would have been an a economic headwind for downtown Charlottesville. And I'm not sure there's many more economic headwinds downtown Charlottesville can suffer or face. Are you bullish or bearish on downtown Charlottesville for 2024? Um, don't hold back. I'm Scott sorry. Aaronworth is on a beach in Mexico. I hope you're enjoying that, Scotty Aaronworth. He's a defense attorney as well. I think with the information I have, I'm bullish. There's, uh, I think with, you know, we've, we're seeing some places pop up. We're seeing, uh, um, I'd like to see some places reopen up. And, uh, the capper for the end of uh, end of next year is that uh, I believe there is uh, I believe leadership for um, for First Night Virginia is in place. Judah Wickhair is about about to break some more news on First Night Virginia. I want to offer a perspective on this. And are our audio levels at the levels that we talked about? Yeah, yours are low. Okay, fantastic. I'm a bit boisterous. Or you are you are a bit. Um, how would you characterize it? Even keeled. Okay, I was gonna say I was gonna say even keeled. hundred <laughs> percent. I was gonna say even keeled. <laughs> I'm a bit boisterous, and you're a bit even keeled. That's what I was gonna say as well. Judah Wickhauer broke the news on the I Love Seville show that First Night Virginia would be canceled in 2022. Yeah. Judah Wickhauer broke the news on the I Love Seville show that First Night Virginia would be canceled in 2023. Now Judah Wickhauer is about to break some more news for First Night Virginia 2024. Judah, the show is yours. 
I mean, I think I mentioned this when we were talking about it being canceled for 2023, that uh, as I had heard it, there is somebody that's that's taking over. They just weren't going to be taking over for 23, for this year. So unless we had somebody to, to come in and, you know. Can you say who it is that's taking over? I uh, don't have any names. But you have someone on the board of directors. I know that, uh, I know, I, you can also go to, the, uh, go to the website and it's been updated. First, um, I'm going right now. This is the first time hearing this. I'm, I'm glad this came up in our pre-production meeting. <laughs> first night, Virginia, Charlottesville. The URL is firstnightva.org. It says, see you New Year's 2025. Mm. Is New Year's 2025? I think that would be next year. Because next is year. Is that next year? Next year we'd have New Year's Eve of 2024. So you're saying this New Year's is New Year's 2024, or is this New Year's 2023? I mean, it says here, we will, be back, so we will be back in 2024 with new leadership and a new focus to revive the second oldest first night Virginia. Where does it say that? On the first page, there's a paragraph. With heavy hearts, we have made the difficult decision to cancel first night Virginia this year due to the impact of the last three years of COVID and the aftermath on our resources and support. We will be back in 2024 with new leadership and a new focus to revive the second oldest First Night Virginia as a family-friendly, alcohol-free celebration of the arts to bring in the new year around the downtown mall. That's fantastic. Yeah. That makes me happy. Mm -hmm. An alcohol-free, family-friendly, positive event in downtown Charlottesville. That's what downtown needs. Yep. Downtown needs families to feel welcome again to downtown Charlottesville. Kevin Yancey says he's bearish for 2024. I don't think that surprises me. Kevin Yancey is a bit of a bear, and we mean that in the most loving way possible. Why are you bearish for 2024, Kevin Yancey? Please let us know. I would, I would sincerely like to get your update on this. James Watson watching the program. Vanessa Parkhill watching the program. Carol Thorpe watching the program. If you could put James Watson's photos on screen, he's number five in the power poll. Vanessa Parkhill's on screen. She's number six in the power poll. And Carol Thorpe, number nine in the power poll. What's the matter? Was that caught on screen, your mic falling off right there? Probably a split second of it. Can you please get the mic tightened up? Executive director and producer of the program. I'm looking at the... Oh, it wasn't on screen. The James Watson photo came on right before the mic fell off your uh, mic stand. Yeah. Vanessa Parkhill and Carol Thorpe, much of the top ten watching the show right now. Why, Kevin, are you bearish? I'll say this. 2023 was a very challenging year for Main Street Charlottesville. And Main Street Charlottesville, I mean as in, in, in the general term. I don't mean actually Main Street. I mean small business, locally owned business in this community. Yeah. They got hit hard with labor shortages. They got hit hard with escalating cost of goods. They got, they got hit hard with credit crunch and, and the opportunity to get money from banks pretty much evaporating. They got hit hard with a customer base or consumer base 
getting hit with the same headwinds that we've all been hit. Oh, Ginny who saw the mic drop. She saw the mic drop right there. It was it, a split second of it. We're, we're working on that, literally, as we speak. But I think those are going to change. You're seeing, um, you're seeing Powell's credit crunch relaxing a bit. He's already highlighted. Why do you, why do you give me the, hmm? the raised eyebrows? Powell's talking he's going to cut rates in 2024. If he cuts rates in 2024, credit card debt's going to alleviate. Okay. The interest on those credit cards is not going to be as bad. Yeah. The banks will be more willing to lend. People will spend more money. That's a good thing. Yeah. All those reasons I'm excited. I've highlighted on this program already that I think more housing inventory is going to come on the market as rates drop. People are going to have more chance to buy. I think the real estate agents are going to have more options to sell and more items to sell. The real estate agents had a brutal 2023. No doubt. Get this. Real estate in Charlottesville... What, the third, fourth, fifth most dominant driver of the economy in Central Virginia? What's number one's UVA, right? Yeah. Number two is what? Tourism, tourism and hospitality? F&B. Three, well, maybe you say restaurants, food and beverage. Three, you can always, you could also throw in the government contracting. Government contracting is probably two, now that I think about it. Because they put that white paper report out that they, Letty Bean, uh, the retired colonel, presented to the Admiral County Board of Supervisors. She's come on the show. I should reach out to Letty Bean again and get her on the program. Remind me to do that for the new year. She was amazing. Please remind me to do that. I'll get her back on the program. So let's say UVA is the number one driver of the economy. We'll say number two, it's the government sector, the spies, all these uh, alphabets that are in and around town. Three tourism and hospitality, four, probably real estate. But in 2023, that probably wasn't the case. If they have more stuff to sell in 2024, which I think they will, that's going to be a greater driver for the economy, another reason to be bullish. Do I think there's headwinds? Yes. Has anyone besides maybe this program truly emphasized or appreciated the significance of the population increase that's coming? I don't think so. That story continues to fly under the radar. If we get an additional three to six, 7,000 people coming to the area in the next four or five years, that is going to cause a significant strain on infrastructure, and it's going to drive values of housing through the roof even higher. Yeah, I mean, if it was just, uh, if it was just UVA and their uh, steadily increasing uh, roles, uh, what do you call it, uh, that, that itself, I think, would be an issue, but include in those numbers all of the, uh, you know, all the people that would be coming for the, the Biotech Institute and other things like that. And Kevin highlights the dramatic, uh, the, the overwhelming expensive nature of rents in the area. Yeah, that's certainly worrisome. I get it. We get it. He gets it. You get it. But if someone pays it, is it too expensive? I think that's a... I don't want to swear, but I think that's a poor way of, of looking at it, not to mention phrasing it. Talk to me. That's how it's done. I mean, yeah. It takes one. 
I mean, but that's but that's like saying that's like saying we've got this life-saving drug and we would love to be able to give it to everyone, but all these people over here are willing to pay, you know, $1,000 a pill. So, you know, sorry to the rest of the people, but, uh, you know, that's, that's the market. I mean, I, I get it. In, in some cases, like if you're the, the head of a, of a corporation, sometimes you have to make those decisions. But at the same time, you and I are, are empathetic people, and I think most of our viewers are as well. And at some point, you have to say, look, Screw profits. I I want to help someone, or I, I at least want to actively not screw people, right? You're talking about you're talking about a tough dynamic. You know, we rent our properties below market. We rent our properties below market for empathy, but also to keep them full. We rarely have vacancies because they're priced below market. Others do not do that. They would rather have a vacancy or two to maximize rents. The property owner, Neil Williamson, has said this many times, has rights. And the property owner can do whatever he or she wants. Yep. And if it's their prerogative to do it, it's their prerogative to do it, isn't it? A hundred percent. I'm not arguing against people being able to do that. I'm just saying uh, you can look at things in, uh, in the aggregate and say it's all good. I mean, that's the, way, that's the way the market works. But taken individually... I think we have to own up to the things that we do in life. And at some point, uh, the way I see it is that uh, my personal responsibility would be to, uh, to err on the side of, um, I don't know how to phrase this. Um, Charitable pricing. I, yeah, I guess. Charitable I mean, pricing. But it's not. It's not charity, though. Like nobody's nobody. Nobody's losing money, raising their rents, right? I mean, they're raising the rents more than more than they are paying extra in whatever taxes. Uh, or whatever. I don't. I don't know if that's necessarily the case. I don't know if that's necessarily the case. Not with the current tenant okay. year over year. Maybe if the space goes vacant and they have to find a new tenant and a new lease, you could come in with that double-digit uptick. But a tenant that's in there for one year that stays the next year has got a lease that says you're looking at a 3 or 4% increase, a lease they sign. Yeah, and in some, cases, in some cases, the overhead is, has, has far exceeded a 3 or 4% increase. Okay, that's fair. I mean, I, I can speak from personal experience with uh, a condo position in Almaro County. HOAs get raised. Taxes get raised. Um, upkeep that landlord has to do uh, increases. 4% increase doesn't necessarily keep up with that. Okay. But you're playing the long game. I'm not going to say that all landlords... 
There's many, many that are out there that are going to look to squeeze every single penny, to your point. But many are just trying to get by. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not, uh, I'm not digging on anyone. I'm not uh, saying anyone's doing it the wrong way. Um, it's easy to vilify. Vilify. And I'm not saying you are. Oh, I'm not no, saying it, you are. It's very easy to vilify. But I folks do. I see that far too often, uh, not just in Charlottesville, but in... Uh, in general. But everywhere. Easy to vilify, right? Yeah. It's easy to sit in your ivory tower and pretend that you would do everything the right way if you were in charge. There you go. Monday morning quarterback, if you may. How do you think the impact of Natalie Oshran on council is going to have? With Natalie Oshran on council, do you have Natalie Oshran's photo we can put on screen? I think you have it saved. Uh, I think I do somewhere. Let's see. You're going to have two relatively young city councilors on the dais. See if I can get her age. Am I able to say her age without disrespecting her? I know you're not supposed to say a, a woman's age, but if she's a city councilor, can you say her age? Or no? I, you're, I'm, I don't know. You're asking the wrong person. Am on, I allowed to say her, her age? picture's on screen. That's Natalie Oshran's photo on screen. You're going to have a female on council. A woman. What's that? A woman. <laughs> Isn't a, a female a woman? <laughs> More or less. We've gone over this. What? What? I, I forget what we went over. You can't say female? It's usually used in, in regards to, like, animals. Like, uh... What? Keep going. I want to hear this out. I won't forget this again. Keep going, please. I mean, it's not my argument, really, but I see it on uh, I see it online that uh, a lot of a lot of people dismiss women by by treating them like more like I don't know, like cattle. Uh, Calling a woman a female is. Equivalent to cattle association? I mean, I wish I could... Uh, I wish I could explain it better. Do we need to hear it explained better? Um, no, you don't need to. No, I mean, unless you... I mean, I'm happy to use the word man and woman from here, here on out. The words... Top of the top of the uh, top of Google, female or woman... Essentially, female connotes a biological category, while woman is a whole human person. As a result, while woman technically is a noun, many are embracing its use as an adjective to achieve a more inclusive meaning that emphasizes gender over biological sex. I don't know that that's why... Then Google male. Male over man? Yeah. But who uses male? People use male all the time. Such as... The same people who use female. Okay. You've never heard someone refer to a man as a male? Not usually. I, so you're saying you hear it more a, folks refer a, to a woman as a female than as a man as a male? Yeah. What's the male on Google? What's it say? Male mm. versus man? Yeah, it's not the... So there's nothing for that, of course. Is that what you're saying? 
Uh, let's see. Male is a biological descriptor. Man is a more complex word with a lot of social connotations relating to age, maturity, strength, authority, and sex. Uh, it's not from the same, uh, same source as the other one. Does any viewer and listener, have you heard of this? We'll get to John Blair's comment. John's photo back on screen, number two in the family. This goes back a long way, but the city was supposed to find a new home from the farmer's market. I believe that process started in 2015, 2016. The Market Plaza project fell through in 2018. The farmer's market remains in the same location in 2023. Great example of procrastination from John Blair, number two in the family. Great example. Why there's two farmer's markets within walking distance of each other, within a nine iron of each other, literally a nine or eight iron, depending on the distance of your golf swing. I'm sure you're going to get a bounce with your Titleist on the asphalt in between Ix Park and, and Kindlewood. Is it Kindlewood now? Uh, I think Friendship so. Court is Kindlewood, right? I believe so. There's some cement and some asphalt for your Titleist to bounce. So I think someone could confidently hit a 9-iron. I'll call it an 8-iron. An 8-iron from the most southern point of the farmer's market at Market Street to the most northern point of the farmer's market at Ix. That distance, an 8-iron if you get a nice kick on the asphalt with your Titleist. There's two of them. Why have we not aggregated them in one place to make the farmer's market better for everyone? Anyone have an answer? Probably not. Otherwise, it would have been done. Wouldn't you just put it at X? I mean, I, maybe they're... I, don't I mean, know. the only I concern of putting know. it at X is this is it's privately owned by Ludwig and Allen. Mm-hmm. That would be the city's only concern with moving the farmer's market to Ix as you're moving it to a private developer's uh, parcel who can then utilize something run by the city potentially to create a, or to further reinforce or further strengthen or further beautify a for-profit endeavor. We know that Ludwig and Allen, whether it's, they, it's them that do it or whoever they sell the parcel to, it's currently listed. It's been listed forever. Mm. A farmer's market would make a fantastic centerpiece for a live-work-play development. Apartments, condos, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. That's the hesitation from the city. Philip Dow watching the program. Philip Dow is one of the key members of our family. Philip Dow is... Where's Philip in the power rankings? I'm looking for you here, Philip. Philip is number 19 in the power poll. Get his photo on screen. There goes Kyle Miller. Kyle Miller show. The Kyle Miller show at one hour here on the I Love Seville show. We love Kyle Miller. Vanessa Parkhill says, OMG, feel free to refer to me as a female anytime. Gosh, get Vanessa Parkhill's photo back on screen. <laughs> it's the first I've heard that I can't use female now. I'm being corrected oh, I by the metronome, the jack of all trades over here. It's just uh, male and female are basically adjectives, not nouns. Keith Smith's daughter, youngest daughter, has got him not using the word but. Not using the word but? Jim Hingley says, Ix stays open in the winter when the city market is closed. That is very true. Ix has more of a year-round farmer's market to it. And uh, remember the, the woman who's come on the I Love Sevo show in the past? 
Was it Ua Har? I always mess up her, her name. Yeah. Ava uh, Har? E- Ava Har. You know who I'm talking about? Yeah. E-W-A? E-W-A, yeah. I think it's Eva Har. Eva Har? Mm-hmm. She has taken over as the executive director position of uh, the X Art Park Foundation. Nice. And she is a force. She's an absolute force. So we'll see. The, the XR Park has had a lot of um, turnover with its executive director position. Philip Dow says, don't forget Meat Avenue. That has the farmer's market on Wednesdays. Yeah. That's a good one. Judah, you're in trouble with Philip Dow. Am I? Yeah. Oh, no. With your uh, female, male, woman, man. I'm in trouble? He's just giving you a hard time. It's not my, it's not my thing. Carol Thorpe watching the program. Let's get Theral, Carol's photo on screen. Carol Thorpe is uh, number nine in the power ranking. The top ten has come out today. I love it. She said, I have heard the distinction about the supposed preferential distinction between the terms woman and female for the reason, for the reason Judah described. While I don't object to being called a female, I prefer being called a woman. Fair enough. I respect Carol Thorpe. I don't, I don't necessarily think that most people using it as a term mean anything bad, I certainly didn't mean bad. it derogatory. No, of course not. Uh, but another way, of, uh, another way that they put it is female and male describe biological sex in humans, non-human animals, and other organisms. Females and males should be used only when the subject matter in question is solely biological sex. Whereas women and men should be used when referring to humans where both biology and culture are concerned, such as women engineers and men engineers. If that makes more sense to anyone. Ginny Hu says, whatevs. You can call me female. Just don't call me birthing person. (laughs) I look forward to your tweets. Judah says, noted. I just saw Karen Van Langren walk by, the former dean of the UVA Architecture School. She just walked by the studio. Um, Karen, nice to see you walk by. I think she was wearing a nice mink, nice mink coat. Um, and Ginny Hu says you can definitely say a public figure's age. Anybody can g- Google it. So this is the question I have for you. How is council going to look different? Act different, respond different. Vote different, lead different, with a Michael Payne and a Natalie Oshrin on the dais, both under 40. I mean, I'd say if I had a roundabout, I'm going to Natalie's LinkedIn. You got Natalie's photo on screen? Did you already put it on screen? Uh, I can put it on again. She starts January 1. She's Keith Smith's pick for mayor. Your pick for mayor is Juan Diego Wade. My no. pick for mayor... No, my pick is Juan Diego Wade. Yours is Michael Payne. Yeah. We have a bottle of booze on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Natalie's LinkedIn says she graduated undergrad UVA in 2011. She undergraduated undergrad from UVA in 2011. That would put her at roughly 34, 35, Right? Sounds about right. I believe Michael Payne is slightly lower than that in age. Let's see Michael Payne. I believe Michael... Michael's 31. September 23rd, 1992. 
is Michael. Let's see what Natalie Olshren does. She have a Sevilpedia? I'm doing this on the fly. Age. Let's see if that comes. She says it says 34 on the interwebs. So you got Payne at 31, Olshren at 34. How does council vote, act, lead? differently with a 34-year-old and a 31-year-old on the, on the dais. Natalie is, is, is an alpha with her personality. I think she's going to be, her four years starts on the 1st of January, so in 10, 11 days, I think she's going to be vocal, active, engaged, and looking to make a statement out of the gates. Yeah, I think she's going to push for action. She's going to be the antithesis of <laughs> procrastination. <laughs> procrastination, bingo. Natalie Oshren. Um, and she aligns with a lot of what Michael Payne stands for. Yeah. And we've seen Pinkston and Wade kind of meander to that side of the ideo- ideology fence. Mm-hmm. So, where per year, the interim who replaced Cena McGill was more in the center or straddling or more of the. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, cautious side of the fence. So you have a council that's starting on the 1st of January that's going to be, how would you characterize? Um, well, at least two-fifths of it is going to be pushing to, I think, get things done. At what least kind of things? Certain areas, definitely housing. Uh, they're both going to be pushing for uh, for housing and uh, initiatives that uh, that that uh, push that and um, and maybe that uh, would you would you utilize the term radical is radical fair or no I don't think it's fair to say whether Natalie is going to be radical or not and I don't think what we've seen from I what's would you, in would you, would you agree that what we've seen from from Michael Payne has, has hasn't been radical Ah, you think it would? I'm not. I'm not voting. I don't say. I don't. I would say radical. Radical is not the right word. Let's go to little thesaurus.com. What's in the family of radical without being too too radical on the radical side? (laughs) (laughs) What's in the family of radical without being too radical on the radical side? Would you say it's uh? What are the synonyms? Extremists, leftists, prog- progressive, probably progressive. Natalie is as progressive, progressive is the word I'm looking for, progressive. Natalie is as progressive as Michael. If not more progressive on certain things. And you got Pinkston and Wade who've shown tendencies to vote progressive in circumstances. So you can make a legitimate argument that on the 1st of January, you have a, prog- a more progressive, unified voice on council than we have seen in a long time. We've had voices on council that have been activists. Was, well... Activist is very different than progressive. Cena McGill was progressive, certainly. I, don't, I, never I think Cena was looking for her identity. 
I'm counsel. Okay, but she... But and she, she ended her term early and perhaps never truly found it. But even And she so, had circumstances in her personal life, and I'm not going to get into her personal life for privacy yeah, I'm purposes. Not, I'm not trying to call her out. I'm just saying... That I'd, kept I'd, her perhaps distracted from a full term on counsel. But even if she had had a full term, I, I wouldn't have imagined her... Uh, I think Miss Ostrin is going to be against. more progressive with her impact and her execution and her stick to than Cena McGill ever was. Okay. Not throwing shade at all. Yeah. I think we're going to have a... Because you think about it. You got Payne, Natalie for four more years. You could have a gateway with Payne and Natalie on there. Snook also for four more years. Pinkston and Wade, their terms, what are they, two in? I think so, yeah. Two in. <clears throat> Depending on how the Pinkston-Wade re-up goes, you may have the most progressive council in Charlottesville history. Progressive, different than activists. Yeah. Different than activists. Mm-hmm. One of the things that went, worked against the Nakia Walker era was her pursuit of activism alienated so many people that little got done. Yeah. Payne's not pursuing activism. Natalie's not pursuing activism. Right. They're pursuing progressiveness. And progressiveness doesn't alienate, not to the clip, of activism. Especially not in a city that... Like Charlottesville. ...actively elects those people. There you go. Uh, Kevin Yancey says, imagine starting a new dining venue and before you turn the lights on, you're, stare, you're staring at 7000 a month before payroll and inventory. I, I believe he's referring to Red Pump Kitchen, hmm. um, which has dropped to 7000 a month. Uh, it has been vacant for a long period of time. I am actively involved in this, uh, this space of business with with um, our clients and, 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 and helping them grow their businesses through new spaces. Um, and I will say that 7000 a month, while it seems high, 7000 in the month is very much in the market or in the category of, of Class A spaces. Um, there's many other places in the city of Charlottesville that are more expensive than 7000 a month, many other yeah. places. And the 7000 a month on the downtown mall requires a lot less commitment um, than, say, some of these other places, perhaps Barracks, Stonefield, for example. I will highlight that. I will say I'm not, I understand that 7000 a month is a lot of money, but, you know, there's more out there that are more expensive. I'll leave yeah, it at that. Definitely. Um, all right, so what do you want to do on tomorrow's program? I would like to highlight some of the commentary. You got some props from the Erpies on the stories that you've been putting together for I Love Seville. What stood out from you as we close today's show of the holiday season? Where would you go? Where would you shop? Anything like that that stood out with you in your research, <coughs> your personal visits, your experiences with some of the content you've created on ILoveSeville.com? And I will highlight this. You've done a fantastic job highlighting local business, Judah. Judah Wickhauer has highlighted... 11 local shops for Christmas shopping. You can find that on ilovesevil.com. 11 local shops for Christmas shopping. Seven restaurants for Christmas Day, Christmas Eve dinner, and Christmas Day dinner. It's fantastic, Judah. 
Judah's done um, stories on nine spots for photos with Santa. I believe you have a New Year's Eve story that's going to be out today. It's out, yeah. It's out now? Yeah. I don't see it on the website. You didn't publish that. Did that go out in the newsletter? Uh, or was it the shops in the newsletter? Shops is in the newsletter. So you're going to get the New Year's Eve out in the newsletter? New Year's Eve is up. Where is it on the website? Uh, did you refresh your... Browser? Yeah. Is it in the lead slot? Not anymore. Oh, I see. It. You're right. I stand corrected. Um, I had a cached website. Eight New Year's Eve events to attend around Charlottesville is up. Very nicely done, Judah. Thank you. What, what stood, stood out... What you. stood out to me is that uh, a lot of places are just aren't, uh, they're not advertising. A lot of, like, I would have loved, I'd love to, um, I'd love to highlight more places around Charlottesville. But there are so many places that don't have information. Like, uh, go on to some of these, you know, like uh, Google Calendar type things uh, that will show New Year's Eve events. And there are places that look like they might be doing something, but if you go to their website, there's not a peep. If you go to their Facebook page, there's, you know, they haven't posted in three or four months. If you go to, uh, you know, they just, they're missing out. People, there are people that are probably going to pass on or not even know that they're doing something. And I, it's disappointing to think that uh, Charlottesville businesses in this time of great need are losing, you know, losing money, not to mention uh, clientele or business that would, uh, that would gladly come and spend their money if they just had, you know, some inkling that something was going on. And it was the same with, you know, it was the same with almost all the stuff. Uh, whether it was the, you know, the Christmas, uh, you know, places to interact with Santa. It's like, okay, I know there's more than, than what I'm seeing, but not everybody is, uh, not everybody is putting it out there. And wh- what are you going to spend money bringing a Santa into your shop and then not do anything to let people know? Like, that seems like uh, a good way to you know lose money, especially in a time of year when you should be making more money than you have the rest of the year. Yeah, especially with Q1 coming up, which is very quiet and slow. Yeah, it's a, so it's I it saddens. You me should reach that, out to Judah, viewers and listeners. Reach out to the show. Reach out to Judah. Judah, he'd love to highlight you on the website. He does a good job of it. We're trying to highlight local businesses on iloveseville.com, and Judah's leading that charge, and I think he's doing an excellent job. Um, Keith Smith gets a reference from Carol Thorpe. She says, fellas, while Keith's prediction of Natalie's selection as mayor seems very unlikely and is not without recent precedent, Micaiah Walker was elected mayor in her first term. Yeah. Very, very well said. Very true, Carol Thorpe. Queen Ejectuate. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I don't want to speak for Carol Thorpe. I do not want to speak for Carol. But I think she would be in agreement that when Nakia Walker was picked mayor, it was in unprecedented times in the shadows of August 12, 2017. Yeah. Um, 
Judy McMullen, who had a pool hall, fantastic pool hall, pool room, before COVID, says, I would love to find a place for 7000 a month that would work for my business. And she had that pre-COVID. Hmm. Her pool hall on Preston Avenue. Um, bad timing with the launch of her pool hall with the pandemic. Charlottesville would love another Judy McMullen-led pool hall. She's a very much a pool and billiards enthusiast. Nice. Um, I wish you the best of luck with that. And Judy, I may be able to help you with finding a space. We should connect off air. Um, John says this, Blair, love John Blair. He says, uh, I'm neither bullish nor bearish, but here's a determinative factor. We are at one of those major sector inflection points in American commercial history. Are the local economic development departments going to work to land a major AI employer? Could be a huge tailwind for the local economy. But it would be a shame not to land one in 2024 as the competition for these types of employers become coveted. Great comment right there Yeah, from John Blair. Um, tomorrow's show will be celebratory. It will be our last one of 2023 as we're taking next week off for R&R, for some travel and for some family time. Real talk with Keith Smith tomorrow with Buddy the Elf, Chris Kringle, and Frosty the Snowman. And then the I Love Seville show to close with yours truly and Judah Wickhauer. Vanessa Parkhill said she heard on the radio the other day there was some sort of procedural issue with the approvals of the Verve, the Truist Bank project, and the new zoning. Hmm. They will need to be readdressed in January. If that's the case, how does that affect with your bet, your bet with Keith? Um, Vanessa is right. While the Verve and the Ivy project were basically approved, they will have to be officially approved in, in January. Still, those projects are moving forward as is. And Vanessa, my bet with Keith is tied to uh, the approval of upzoning um, and not the Verve and the, um, the Ivy project. And upzoning was approved by council this week, so I owe Keith a bottle of rum. Carol says, agreed. I think it's a long shot, just that it's possible and not without precedent. 100%, Carol. 100% right. Your memory for history is second to none, Carol Thorpe. I will set something up with you, Judy McMullen, after the holidays for, for that concept. I, I have a couple options. Judah, I am uh, grateful for you, and I'm excited for the close of the calendar year on the I Love Seville show tomorrow at 12.30 p.m. Bravo and job well done, my friend. For Judah Wickhauer, my name is Jerry Miller, and this is the Thursday edition of the I Love Siebel Show. So long, and happy holidays. And we need to tighten these mics. That one you don't have to worry about. This one's loose, too. Yeah, but see that little knob on the top? Yeah. That'll but... keep it. It's never going to fall out, unlike the rest of these. Can we still get it tight?